Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. We play some competitive sports once in a while, wouldn't it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Well, hey, we are here early today. An 8 to 10 a.m. edition of Football Sunday getting underway right meow. It's good to see you guys. Yeah, we're back together. Rashad's not dying anymore. Not anymore. It wasn't wasn't cool. Like, I've been sick before, and mind you, it didn't sick stuff, you know, but last week wasn't cool. Like, I I, I tried to get up and tried to get ready, and then, you know, Right around five something, I was like, "Yeah, this isn't gonna work today." Five a.m. Something like that. I you try to wake up that early for the show? Well, no, but I was, you know, I was trying to get myself to feel better, so it, it it wasn't. I couldn't sleep, so I was like, "Man, let me let me try to do something else." But I did just also recover from the flu, so I, I know how you feel. Although I don't know if you had the flu, if it was more of a quick sickness, but uh, it, it was a. I don't know, maybe it's a couple day bug. Either way, it wasn't cool. Mm. So the flu sounds awful. Yeah, I. I I said this on primetime and got roasted for it. I don't think I had ever had the flu up until this past, like, two weeks ago. And it was miserable. So bad. So, so, so bad. So everyone's getting sick this time of year. And I even had a flu shot, too. So stupid. Um, everyone seems to be getting sick this time of year in some way, shape, or form. I People around the office are gone, and they're all sick. Everyone's sick. Or they're quote-unquote sick. Um, you know, we're in December when everyone decides to take all their time Yeah, off. and we work in little little pods little cute so a cough a sneeze you know those germs just kind of kind of linger in the air well it's not even that in this studio all of this equipment is shared by five people per microphone right yeah something like that because we've got the three day part shows plus a couple of weekly shows so there are many people who use these microphones if someone is in here even slightly sick it's like, uh, I don't want to get close to the microphone. I don't want to touch the keyboard. I don't want to sit in this chair. I don't want to breathe this air. Can we do the show outside? If you're sick, it's you, definitely, cold. you definitely need your own microphone cover. For I sure. don't know how Rob is not constantly sick the way he inhales his microphone. Yeah, if you've, I mean, if you've never seen him. You probably have never seen him inhale his microphone unless you watched on the TV days a couple of years ago. When he talks into the microphone, his lips touch it. It's like, disgusting. Yeah, it's, yeah. If you've and, never wanted, and if you've never seen these mic covers, they're covered in Ebola. If, if you've ever wondered why Rop comes through so clear, you know, on the radio, it's because man, he's literally tongue kissing yeah. the microphone. Like he's I've inside seen him do the mic. It. It's 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 pretty impressive, man. Like there's no fear from that guy. And maybe you know, I haven't seen him in a while, but um, maybe the beard and everything. Kind oh, of the beard is bigger. It's it's yeah, more so in charge. Maybe that kind of you know. Kind of helps, kind of provide some type of barrier from the microphone. It but, creates a buffer. You know, I don't it, know. I've heard what's supposed to be in beards. I don't. I don't feel like that's doing anything that making the situation yeah, for worse right. for uh, not just him but the mic. I'm sorry. I think it, if you have things in beards, it creates a wall of protection for you because your body is used to it. I, I'm just saying that there your are articles out there that say up. poop is like basically, basically poop bacteria All is right. in beards. All right. So just saying. I don't buy Just it. Saying. This 8 a.m. poop in my beard talk is not making me very <laughs> comfortable at the moment. Um, so, yeah, we're back together, and uh, we've kind of got a weird schedule coming up the rest of the, the football season. 
because a the holidays but b the seahawks got flexed i think tomorrow they had monday night football and they might get flexed again so we might have another 8 to 10 a.m show coming up they just had to be good didn't they i know well maybe we should talk talk, about that we definitely need to talk about that because we we basically ripped the seahawks early in the year going there's no way they're going to be good and and now they're in the playoff and i'm gonna low-key apologize to them for that because you know don't don't apologize no because i think we've been banging i've been banging on the seahawks for a while most mostly their fans fans are irritating a lot of times that's still the same a lot lot of you guys not i know some cool ones but you know we so anyway uh but yeah man i think all the seahawks an apology because they well overperformed anything i think i thought they were gonna all right well we got our west coast bias coming up at uh well, I never even told Jesse the time. At 8.30, Jesse, we got West Coast bias coming up. Um, so we'll talk about the Seahawks then. Also on the show today, we, of course, have our fantasy scramble. So feel free to text your fantasy questions to the Better You Today text line at 55305. We will answer them at the usual time, 9.30. This is this is either a must-win week because you're in the playoffs or a must-win week to get into the playoffs for you or you're already out of it and or just trying to play spoiler. But either way, there's still decisions to be made. There's a ton of injuries this week. Trust me, I'm feeling them like all in my team at once. And um, so there's plenty of stuff to get to with that at 9.30. Uh, the Heisman Trophy winner has been announced. And although I'm not surprised, I wish I was surprised about who won. We're going to do that here pretty quick. And then also, uh, we kind of just been floating around some uh, ideas about maybe doing something a little bit new here on the show. And Maybe this sticks, maybe it doesn't. Uh, but I want to do a little NFL trivia and quiz Rashad and Jesse on uh, some NFL trivia from this season. This is going to go well. For I mean, me, for Jesse, we've been we've been following the NFL pretty closely this year. We have, but Jesse's like mini swag. <laughs> I'm just so he, bad at trivia, though. I lock up. I lock up, man. This this might not go well. But it's football trivia. I we'll see. Don't, don't try to hustle we'll me, Jesse. Hold on, look. Uh, I I don't know, guys. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I'm just I lo- I don't I don't I, just, I don't, I don't love fantasy well football with, enough to know all these stats that Mike's going to quiz me on. Oh yeah. God, stats too. I have, oh. a, I have a fantasy football show. Well, I'm not going to ask you the know. stat. I'm going to ask you the player based on the stats, mm. and the, maybe the team as well. Look, you guys are both going to have an equal shot. You know, I, I'm just. I just what I'm I wanted up, to though. what I wanted to do is we're almost at the end of the regular season. Isn't that crazy? Oh, man, it's a uh, grand opening, grand closing, right? Like right. it went so fast. We're almost there. We've only got like 3 or 4 weeks left in the in the regular season. So I kind of this this might not be like a regular segment or anything, but I wanted to look at what was kind of going on stats-wise this year because that's one thing that I used to love as a kid was just pouring over the stats in like the newspaper or on ESPN.com when the internet first came out and you're on AOL and just pouring over who's leading what and who's doing what. And with fantasy, you kind of lose a little bit of that purity because you're not looking for stats as much as you're looking for points. And you don't care as much about like who the leading passer is in the NFL. You care about who the leading point getter is in the NFL so it just kind of changes a little bit. I was looking at the stats today when I was kind of like thinking about this in my head, and I was like, oh, this quarterback is leading? Oh, look at this receiver. Look at look at the season he's having. You know, it kind of – you lose some of the purity of the fun of sports stats when you add all the fantasy stuff into it. Yeah, fantasy. And I love fantasy football to death, but 
I want to just kind of go and see, like, oh, who's doing well this year outside of fantasy purposes? I'm, I'm right there with you. It's changed the way we look at the game. You know, it's changed the way we, we watch it, you know, stuff like that. We, we don't even have the patience to watch a full game anymore. You know, we just watch red zones because we want to see uh, a quick glimpse of if our guy has, well, you know, made a made a play or anything like let's that. Let's like, be let's be honest. No, I'm just the being patience real. to watch a full game. No, watching a full game was never a great experience because the NFL is really slow. Depend on the game. Well, yeah, that's you true. Know, it, well, it, I, know, I did it, watch the whole Rams Chiefs Monday yeah. Night Football game. Yeah, that was it's, glorious. It's hard. It's hard to watch. You know, Ravens Browns sometimes. You know, the Ravens are going to give up four points and the Browns are going to score seven. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of. One of those things, and that's not really a, a fun, you know, a fun game to, to kind of watch. Right. So. so if you see the red zone opportunities in that game, and then the red zone opportunities in all the games, then it's much better. No, I mean, I I, I just I, think red zone is a smart idea. Red zone is is super cool. It doesn't don't, mean we don't have the patience though. I, I think it's I think it's some of that. You know, you nobody like you said, nobody wants to sit around and watch. You know, kind of well a because full game. it's a bad product. It, I don't I don't know. Watching Some, a full NFL game is sometimes it's hard to capture like how good a team is just from quick snippets on red zone. That is, you know no, I mean? that is true. Um and I, I said this on primetime this week and I want to bring it back here just because it's be very, very happy that you live where you do. Because if you don't have red zone, you know, you're stuck watching whatever CBS and Fox give to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I was back for Thanksgiving, that last Sunday, the first day I had the flu, I, we were just sitting oh, in the living room. Got we get the Jets, the Giants, and the Bills in New Jersey. That Those are the options. Like, I was like, oh, what game is on? Giants-Eagles. Oh. Oh. What other game is on? Jets-Dolphins. Oh. Kind of made you want to get red zone for your oh, parents, Oh, huh? God. Yeah, because they don't have red zone. I was like, God. I mean, my, my parents just don't watch that much NFL anymore. And my dad's a big Giants fan, so, of course, he gets to watch all his Giants games. I'm sorry. Um, but... I was sitting there going, these are the games you're stuck watching? If you don't have Red Zone or Sunday Ticket, you have to watch these games? Are you kidding me? And I'm over here going, at least I get the Seahawks and the Rams, right? And, I mean, sure, we have the Raiders and the Niners that get fed down our throat up here as well, but only recently has that been a bad thing. Well, I mean, and I really – and I'm, I know it's been tough for, you know, Jets fans and Gi- – and, uh, um, well, Jets fans, basically, and a whole lot of Giants fans. But there was a time that they were actually, you know, very good. You know, not so much the Bills, but you know, up until the Bills made four Super Bowls in a row. I mean, that was like in nineteen ninety one, like something like that. Like when was it? 90, I'm sorry, 80, 80 Were we both alive when that happened? Then we need to we need I to was. talk about it. So I, I, so I mean, I. I was. I mean, I didn't. You know, I was two. Yeah, but... exactly. I wouldn't. I didn't pay attention to any football at that point. But they were. You, you watch them because they were at least competitive football. There was a time the Seahawks weren't great here, you know, and the Raiders had been bad for a lot of years, but that was still kind of what you were getting. So it, it goes in, you know, it goes up and down. You know, there are very few franchises, not named the Patriots, that just kind of have sustained, sustained, man, I think Denver's one of them, you know, that has sustained success through time and kind of makes it like, okay, well, this game's on. I can, I can watch that. Like, if you're a Titans fan, you've had some terrible – years to watch football if also had the music city miracle fan. though yeah there's there's not now here's the thing you're going through these teams there's not a lot of teams who haven't had that love you know oh, haven't yeah. had a little bit of that time where absolutely. they absolutely everybody were successful even last year the jaguars you know what i'm saying yep. that was the probably one of the most fun teams that you could that was probably the team that teams. you would say yeah you would never have wanted to watch the jags well last year you did yeah no last year they were they were must see you know that uh 
shoot, what was another good one? The, the Tampa, the year that you know that they kind of won, and then they were everywhere. Like that, it happens to a lot of franchises. Whether you win the Super Bowl or not, if you can make it, make a great run, and have a couple of really great stars on either side of the ball, then you're going to be exciting for a little bit. People are going to talk about you. Right, but and to circle back to the original point, that's why red zone is good because if you're given the Giants Eagles game and you don't want anything to do with the Giants-Eagles game, you could watch Red Zone. You can get the highlights from that game and then also watch the highlights from every other game mm. and keep up to date on your fantasy team. Yeah, if, if you're in Buffalo you, or you know Jersey, you get Bill's Jets today, so that's fun. Oh, yeah, they're definitely getting Bill's Jets. Yeah, that's that's fun. Yeah, I'm no. sure that's different, though, because you know, I'm not, I think that's a rivalry of sorts. No, you know, in that area, is it not like, oh, no. what's the, I mean, so Giants are clearly the, are the the dominant football team as far as the, are, is that the franchise that the Tri-State area is kind of like, man, all right, this is our, I this th- is our team. I think it's fairly split. I think it's fairly split. Like you could say the Yankees are the dominant team over the Mets, well, but that, they don't count because we know that's, well, I know, that's I'm just saying, sure, yeah. but there's a lot of Mets fans still. You could, obviously the Knicks are dominant. I think the Rangers are dominant in hockey. I don't know about football. I think it's pretty even. There's a lot of Jets fans. There's a lot of Giants fans. I think it's I think it's pretty split. They play in the same stadium too, so that kind of helps. All right, let's break. Remember, text the better you today. Text on five five three zero five. Find us on social media. I'm at Mike Lynch twenty seven. Rashad's at TaylorMade five zero three. Jess is at Jesse Osmond A S Z M A N on Twitter, and the station is at Tenated the Fan. Coming up next, let's get to the Heisman winner, Kyler Murray from Oklahoma wins the Heisman Trophy, but should he have? That's next here on Football Sunday on the Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 818 here on your Sunday morning. Mike and Rashad and Jesse with you till 10 a.m. today. Fantasy Scramble 930. Text in your questions now to the Better You Today text line at 55305. Who are these teams? Uh, this would be Newcastle against Wolves. Oh, okay. Wolves play in Wolverhampton, England, which is a cool name for a city and a really cool name for a team. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's the only sport on right now. Like, when we start at 9, usually it's like, oh, we watch this for an hour, and then the NFL comes on. I'm sorry, we're watching this today. There's nothing else on. Um, Okay. (laughs) So yesterday, the Heisman Trophy ceremony happened, and we found out the winner of the Heisman Trophy, which was was Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray. Two years in a row for Oklahoma quarterbacks, by the way. And uh, he beat out Tua Tagovailoa from Alabama and Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State. And if you look at the stats without looking at the player names, Dwayne Haskins should have won the Heisman Trophy stats-wise. Um, if you look at the eye test, I think Tua should have won the Heisman based on how dominant he was in the regular season. But if you look at how the Heisman always votes, it is a popularity contest, and it is a what have you done for me lately. I guarantee you Tua Tagovailoa was the Heisman Trophy winner until championship week when he hurt himself, had to leave the game, and Jalen Hurts led Alabama to the win, and Kyler Murray played out of his mind in the Big 12 title game as Oklahoma beat Texas. I guarantee Tua was winning at that point by far. And he wound up finishing in second place. 
So, like, I think Kyler Murray is a great story. The fact that he was drafted first round by the A's, got paid $3 million, and they let him go play football again. And now he says he wants to go try to do both. I don't know how that's going to work, but he wants to try to do both. Um, I think it's a great story. And he's very fun to watch. Oklahoma's very fun to watch. But, and and I understand why this is the way it is. But to me, Tua should have been the Heisman winner. And it shouldn't have been close. It's not just stats-based. If it was just stats-based, Dwayne Haskins wins the Heisman. But it's not just stats-based. It's the eye test, too. And watching Tua in Alabama was like watching a train rolling downhill at 300 miles an hour every single week. He barely made a mistake. He was a 37 touchdown to four interception. That's a 9.25 touchdown for interception rate, much higher than the other two guys. He was absolute. He's the first great quarterback Alabama's had in a long time. Mm -hmm. To me, he should have been the winner. And I'm a little bit disappointed that the voters fell again into the popularity trap and voted for Kyler Murray all in the last week. Uh, it's it was the hype train, you know. It it was really, it was that's exactly what it was. I mean, I I don't know if it was anything else, man. You're looking at a guy, uh, my Kyler Murray was as good, you know, as as anybody not named Tua, uh, tag of year. I just that's just he's, it's it's nothing you can say about it. He had 40 touchdowns through the air and he had 11 on the ground. Like Kyler Murray is to say that he didn't deserve it would be unfair because he played his butt off and he really deserves, you know, to, to be called Heisman. I'll give him that. But they gave it to the wrong guy. Now, you, you talk about the eye test and everything, man, that's important. You're talking about a, a winning personality and winning spirit, man. That's something that you, that you can't find, man. Here's a guy that, man, best player, best team. You know, if we're being real, man, Alabama, we know, is going to win the national championship. Uh, again. You, it's uh, Again. And you knew it was, it was a yeah. foregone conclusion with Tua at the at the helm. I don't know if there's been anybody better. This is this is almost kind of like Vince Young not winning the Heisman uh to Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush was the most exciting college player that on the face of the earth at that at that point. Uh Vince Young was probably the best. You know, you look at the team that he had and look at how he was able to lead that lead them and then eventually lead them to a championship. Was that the same year? That was the same year. You know, so he lost oh, the yeah, Heisman they played each and other. came yeah. in uh and and won. But it's 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 I don't know, man. It, it's it's super strange. It's, you know, it's disappointing. Like Ladanian not winning uh, the Heisman, or even Adrian Peterson, you know, not not winning the Heisman. It's kind of one of those disappointing things. It's like, man, I think they've got it right for the most part over the past few years. I'm okay with Baker Mayfield winning. You know, I was definitely okay with Mariota winning it. So I think they've been getting Jameis Winston. It's like, okay, makes sense. Even and I know we once had some back and forth about it, man. Even Johnny Football when he won it. A lot of people were like, uh, but I was like, man, he was killing this year, though. Like, the things he was doing at A&M were amazing. So, yes, he deserved it. So, not to say that Kyler Murray doesn't deserve this award because I don't want to, you know, poo-poo on his, man, great accomplishment because it is a great accomplishment to be named the best player in college football. But this was Tua's trophy, and really, it, I think everybody kind of knows it. Well, and Baker Mayfield, I mean, Grant, he, so he, I'm just looking up the finalists when he won it last year. Bryce Love, Lamar Jackson were the ones who went there with him. Um, and then Saquon Barkley finished fourth in the voting. Uh, Baker Mayfield deserved to win it last year. But Baker Mayfield was also the beneficiary of a huge late season push where he was incredible for Oklahoma at the end of the year. And if you remember, there was the, uh, I want to say it was the Texas Tech game. And actually, it might have been the game with, 
Well, if it was last year, that's not true. It might have been. It was the Texas Tech game. I think it was like sixty to fifty-five or something, and he just played out of his mind. Um, he won because of his late season performances, right? And he deserved to, but he wasn't that much of a favorite early in the season. And the same goes for this year. The 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 late season performances for Kyler Murray is what won it for him. Yeah, and I I just don't like that. If this is supposed to be a full year award for the best player in college football. Stop falling for the trap of who did it for you in the last week of the season. It's 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 stats too, you know, and you know, we've we've gotta be, you know, honest in saying that, you know, Big Twelve football is just much different than SEC football. And we'd be tripping if we didn't at least go ahead and admit that, man. SEC football is the best, you know, in in college football. We see it because when they go to bowl games, they just run over whatever team they decide to play in, in that game. So Kyler Murray, you know, plays for a Big 12 conference that's, you know, known for their scoring. They're known for their shootouts. They're known for, like you said, those 55 to 60-point games and everything. So you fall in love with those stats, man. SEC football is slow and clunky and, you know, really relying on their offensive lines and, and, and running backs and not so much. Who's the last great SEC quarterback that we've seen? Tim Tebow. There you um, go. You know what I'm saying? No, no, really, no. The list, that, that's, what I'm saying. that's the point. The list is incredibly short. Peyton Manning, maybe, the last great SEC quarterback. Matt Stafford, maybe. You know, so. Uh, George has always had some good ones. The, so the list is incredibly short. I'm sure I'm forgetting an obvious one. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure we are, too. The text police. Chad Kelly. Know in a second. Yeah, <laughs> it's so um, I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I think they got it wrong. But at the same time, man, hats off to Kyler Murray and the season that he had. It's hard to throw 40 touchdowns and only 15, you know, interceptions. And he was sacked 15 times. This is for a guy that ran the ball for 11 touchdowns and uh, almost 1,000 yards. So I just think that if you look also at the usage of Tua, and I was just looking this up, Tua accounted for like 75 or 78% of Alabama's quarterback snaps. Mm -hmm. Haskins and Murray were like 98 and 98% yeah. for their teams. So Tua did what he did with less time on the field. And also, because of just how much they're blowing out teams by, he didn't play in the third and fourth quarters Mario, of a lot of the games. the Mariota effect. Right. But Mariota still won a Heisman. It took um, him three years, but he, could, he probably could have had it the first two years. Maybe. And to me, you should be given more of a, of a plus if you are having as good of a year as Tua did with the limited playing time. With Nick Saban trying to keep Jalen Hurts happy, so that he could do what he did in the SEC title game last week um, and and lead you to a win just because you actually played him a little bit. To me, that should be even more for Tua, that he did what he did with the efficiency that he did it, and he put up the stats that he did in less time than Murray and Haskins. And the one thing for Haskins, if you're going to go pure stat-based, obviously he, he had the best stats, but you have to remember Ohio State is a passing, passing, passing offense this year, and uh, both Oklahoma – and Alabama, obviously, are more balanced offenses. Dwayne Haskins doesn't have to worry, man. Here's a kid that he's he's going to play on the next level. Like, I mean, he's got a, a, a killer arm. He's 6'3", 220, and that's as a sophomore. You know, once he puts in, on some more weight and really kind of sheds some of that baby fat that he still has, man, he's going to be a hell of a quarterback in the NFL, I think. So, Dwayne Haskins, he's kind of getting lost in all the sauce right now because everybody's talking about how, you know, Tua – kind of was was robbed and everything and shouldn't have went to Kyler but then the at the end of it it's just this 
Ashton's kid is kind of in the background. Are, so are you pretty, seeing that from multiple people? I I, I, I am. I, I, most no, people are saying, yeah, Kyler, 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 Kyler. Yeah, I mean, everybody's – I mean, and my, the, the voting was I, – I think he got – Kyler got – It was pretty substantial, I yeah, think. Yeah, he got like 230 more votes than, uh, than Tua, so – a lot of people kind of saw that, but if you're Dwayne Haskins, you're just kind of in the background, like, okay, kind of forgot about me and my 47 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Like, okay, cool. All right, we got a break. Coming up next, West Coast bias. The Seahawks are actually good, and I, I'm not sure I fully understand why. Let's discuss next. Here, but first, Jesse S. Sports Center. It's time for some West Coast flavor. Yes, this is the center of the football universe. Don't oversell it. I'm not selling anything. Come on, stop milking it. I had the air in my lungs. I'd scream at you. This is West Coast Bias, an in-depth look at the NFL's Western teams on Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. West Coast Bias time here on Football Sunday, 834 on your Sunday morning. What? Pressing the, the old buttons to start the show again just based off of habit. And I'm like, why isn't this working? I'm surprised they didn't take them out because in other studios, they removed that button panel. And over here, it used to be in the board in front of me, which is all gone. Um, nope, they left yours there right where you normally would press it. Yeah, I'll say you keep it here, man. Keep people humble. Sure. <laughs> it's just a, every once in a while came, they yeah, mess up. Remember where you came from. <clears throat> uh, yeah, for those who don't know, we got an upgraded quote unquote studio it's nice i mean i mean it's little, nice but it's had so many problems yeah um we got an upgraded studio and everybody who sits in that chair hits the wrong button i've done it rashad's done it i've seen souk do it i've seen a ton of people do it it's kind of funny because they'll start talking and their mic is off and I'll, I'll do it for you you'll hear me through rashad's mic a little bit and it'll sound weird and distant and they're like hey turn your mic on oh Oh, okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> I pressed the wrong button. Um, all right, West Coast Bias time here on Football Sunday. We want to talk some Seahawks. We haven't actually talked a lot of Seattle Seahawks football this year. We kind of poo-pooed them at the start of the season. And I I think we – I mean, we were doing our previews, I think, and we were like, yeah, the Seahawks are not going to be good. This is the end of the Pete Carroll, John Schneider, maybe not dynasty, but run of successful teams – and boy, was I not, I could not have been more wrong. I was not more wrong. They are in the playoff hunt. They're a seven and five team. They're winning. I don't really know how they're winning like they are, but they are. And at first they weren't necessarily beating teams that were particularly good. Um, early in the season, the Cowboys weren't good and they beat them. They beat the Cardinals. They beat the Raiders. They beat the Lions. And they had lost to the Broncos, Bears, Rams, Chargers, and Rams. So every good team they played, they lost. Every bad to average team they played, they won. And then they started playing a little better. They beat the Packers, 27-24. Beat the Panthers, 30-27. to And then they beat the Niners last week, putting up a ton of rushing yards. Um, obviously, there's still some questions about both those teams, the Packers and the Panthers. But they're good wins, solid wins. So why do you think the Seahawks are actually playing well when everything pointed to them being a below 500 team this year, what what in your opinion is the thing that's setting them apart to get them back to the playoffs? Oh, it's pretty easy. It's it's, it's number three, Russell Wilson. There's the, he's the, he is the driving force of the Seahawks team. You 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 look at the team and you know you, you look at the fact that Russell only has, um, you know, 2,700 yards through the air. 
He's got 25 t- or 29 touchdowns. He's got five interceptions. And this is with throwing to what we keep saying is a group of nobodies for the most part. I mean, you start looking at this. Ball, Doug Baldwin has not played the D- entire Doug season. Doug Baldwin hasn't played the entire season. So who, He's been in and out constantly. So who's, who's, who's catching these balls, man? Tyler Lockett is making things happen. He's having a breakout and he's, here. Yeah, and, 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 and David Moore, you know, Malik Turner, who and who are doing what? Like, it's, it's because of Russell Wilson. He does a great job of putting his receivers uh, in positions they can be successful, whether they're game breakers or if they can provide separation or it doesn't matter. He's making sure he puts the ball in the right place, and he's not making mistakes. You would think for someone who's constantly running for his life, and the offensive line is a little bit better than it has been. You know, we're used to seeing Russell getting getting beat up, and in some ways against the better teams, that's still happening. You know, but he's not necessarily running – uh, for his life as as much as as he as he has been. I mean, mind you, he's been sacked thirty seven times this year, which is a whole whole lot. But Russell Wilson also runs a whole whole lot every every time. So I don't know. I'm looking at this team saying like like most of us, I still don't think that they're a great roster. It doesn't matter though. You know, he's he's still been able to kind of keep trudging forward and and making things happen. So man, big up to to what he's doing. He's on pace for, for arguably the, the best year of his career right now. It is a lot to do with Russell Wilson. Um, he just makes things happen. And you're right. The team is not very good. You've got a, a running game that is playing much better and it needed to because that part of the reason they were struggling earlier in the year is because they couldn't run the football. A, Chris Carson was hurt. And B, Rashad Penny wasn't living up to the hype from his draft position. <laughs> Both of them have since recovered from that and have played better. And last week was kind of the 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 final like the 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 opus of that where they ran for 168 yards against the Niners combined and it was a really good game Russell Wilson only threw the ball like 15 times in that game but so part of it is Russell Wilson but I got to say I think it's Pete Carroll too I think we kind of lost some respect for Pete Carroll because he kind of lost the locker room a little bit when all the vets were there and I think what you're seeing is Pete Carroll in his element right now. You're seeing a bunch of young guys who want to prove it. You're seeing a bunch of position battles still happening to this day with this team with multiple running backs and multiple wide receivers trying to get in there and a lot of new players on defense. And that's what Pete Carroll thrives on. He's this energy guy that wants you to play with that energy because you want to win your job every day. But when you have guys like Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor and and all of these veteran players on both offense and defense that basically went, why? I don't need to prove it to you anymore. I made my money. I'm the, I'm the starter no matter what I do. Pete Carroll loses some of his effectiveness. He needs to motivate guys in a way that keeps them fighting every single day because they're young and they want to get, get that job. This is why he's doing such a good job this year because this team obviously needs that because there's not a lot of veterans left on this team. And – I think you got to give Pete Carroll a lot of credit for what he's done because using the Niners game as an example, Russell Wilson's been great, but Russell Wilson wasn't even needed in that Niners game. Mm-hmm. They scored 43 points and they just ran the football over and over and over and over again. But the week before against the Panthers, Russell Wilson threw for like 330 yards because game planning and Pete Carroll. So I think you got to give Pete Carroll a lot of credit too. No, you definitely have to give uh, Pete Carroll, you know, a whole, whole lot of credit when, uh, you know, to to get to lose a player like Richard Sherman hurt, 
you know, a couple years ago. To lose a guy like Cam Chancellor, you know, hurt even more when he decided to to retire. So you you lose a couple, and then you start losing key pieces of your defense uh, here and there. It's it, it it can be tough, and for Pete Carroll to really figure out how to get his team to a place where they can be winning, man, we could really sit here and argue that there's a they should probably be undefeated at this point. You know, you look at the games that Seattle lost, and they were in both games against the Rams. You know, they lost a really close game against the Cardinals at the beginning of the season. Like, every game that they had, I think... Well, that was a win. Well, yeah, it was uh, whoever they played at the first they, game they of the season. They lost three, by three to the Broncos, by seven to the Bears, by two to the Rams, by eight to the Chargers, and by five to the Rams. So, with with the exception of the Charger game, you know, with an eight I mean, point, eight you know, is still one touchdown. Eight is still, yeah, still a touchdown, so... They were in every single one of those games. Yeah. You know, you can make a good case that, you know, if the ball doesn't go a certain way that they could be, you know, we're looking at a 13-1, and one, you know, something like that team at this point. That's just not the case. And so Russell Wilson and, and the company and Pete Carroll, you, you got to give him a lot of credit for being able to retool, rebuild. You draft Rashad Penny, who has been phenomenal for you this year, especially when he's been healthy. Like, you, hey, like this Seahawks team is for real, and – and like I said, I gotta I gotta apologize to them because I I didn't think that they would be this competitive. I didn't think that they would be able to stay in the season for as long as they have with all of the changes that have gone on in the NFC West with the the new quarterbacks, with the emergence of the Rams, with uh you know Garoppolo coming over and you know becoming money over there for in San Francisco. Like all of a sudden, the Seahawks looked like the team that were starting to rebuild, and I guess they've said not so. So. Big up to the Seahawks and, and, and their fans. Don't get used to hearing me say that, but at the same time, listen, players mess up, and I thought for sure the Seahawks would be awful, and they have completely slapped me in the face and said, nah, fam. So, Well, keep in mind, they're still not locked into the playoffs. They are 7-5. and five. They are currently in the 5 seed, and there's no way they're winning the division because the Rams have already clinched that. But, <coughs> excuse me. There are a couple teams right behind them. Vikings are six, five, and one. And guess who they play this week? The Vikings. Uh, the Panthers are six and six. The Eagles are six and six and, and playing well recently. And the Redskins are six and six. So the, the Seahawks have to keep winning. They do. They but are not guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. They do. But if all those teams you just mentioned, um, I, I trust Russell Wilson the most. I think of, of all those teams that you just mentioned, as far as trying to make a late playoff push, he's a champion. He's been there twice. Like, I, I trust Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll in this situation. Well, and they have the Vikings and the Chiefs left, but also the Chiefs and the, or the Niners and the Cardinals. So two games you should win, mm -hmm. two games that are going to be really, really tough. And if they can get that, that right now you're looking at a much different Chiefs team. You know, uh, say what you want, but taking Kareem Hunt out of the Yeah, pole. they didn't lose much, though, yeah. last week. Spencer Ware is good enough. Last week, he's, Spencer Ware is great. He is not Kareem Hunt, and so that provides some type of opening for them if they can go ahead and beat uh, the Chiefs. But uh, this week, if you can beat the, the Vikings, Monday Night Football at home, going to be a tough game for Minnesota to go to Seattle. That instantly changes that conversation from, well, be careful to, well, you'll probably make the playoffs. Yeah, You're probably safe. Yeah. So that's going to be important tomorrow right here on The Fan. Coming up next, do you want to do trivia next or do trivia at 9? Let's go now. Uh, you want to go 9, Jesse? Winners. Super helpful. Dynamite uh, drop. Let's go money. nine. Let's go nine. All right. So uh, coming up next, uh, we'll figure it out. This is Football Sunday on The Fan.
Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 848 here on your Sunday morning. Mike and Rashad and Jesse with you till 10 o'clock today. Fantasy Scramble comes up at 930. So text in those questions. The better you today. Text line 55305. We were kind of talking a little bit about Kareem Hunt in the break. I spent a decent amount of time on the Kareem Hunt situation last week, so I don't want to necessarily bring up that again. But Rashad asked the question, football-wise, are the Chiefs now in any sort of danger that Kareem Hunt is gone? Are they still the best team in the AFC now that Kareem Hunt is out? And I instantly said, yeah, of course they're still the best team. Because last week, you saw in the first week without Kareem Hunt, nothing changed. Spencer Ware had a good game. The offensive system still played exactly like you thought it would. And they still beat the Raiders 40 to 33. I mean, the defense struggled, but they put up 40 points. And I mean, Ware got a touchdown, ran for 47 yards. They total ran for 174 yards last week. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes at 52, Ware at 47, Damian Williams, 38, Tyree Kill, 37. So, they put together all the yards that Kareem Hunt basically could have had, maybe even more so. So I don't think they're in much of a worry without Kareem Hunt. I understand he's a great running back, but I think the system is strong enough and their offense is strong enough that they can they can survive with Spencer Ware and Charkandrick West and whoever else they decide to use, Damian Williams, uh, without Kareem Hunt playing. C.J. Anderson. Oh, yeah, who they just signed. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. That was Oakland that signed him. They did? Yes, it was Oakland. He went and visited the Chiefs. They they went with Charkandrick West over right. CJ. Bring back he the went, old face. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I, I jumped the gun on that. I, one. I don't I don't know, man. I you know, I've been I've said that the Chiefs are the best team in the league. Um, let alone the AFC, and that's with the Patriots. This changes things for me just a little bit because I think the reason the Chiefs were the best is because they had so many weapons. Kareem Hunt being a top ten running back being one of those weapons and him not being there, I think kind of changes, changes the way the, the offense is going to move. Now I think they got incredibly fortunate considering they came off the situation um, with Kareem hunt the week that they had to play the Raiders, you know, so the Raiders aren't necessarily the most competitive team in the NFL, you know, right now, although they did put up 33 points against this chiefs team. So the Raiders are, super confused you know they don't know what the players have no idea what's happening you know right now so it didn't hurt that that's that's who they had to play this week or last week man they're going to play against a Ravens team that's incredibly stingy a Ravens team that I think is has the best defense you know as as far as uh, points per game in the league you know the Ravens give up what is is it nine points a game something like that something stupid I don't know if it's that low but Uh, 14 something something crazy something that the Chiefs aren't used to scoring so this this game will tell me a whole lot about this Chiefs team. Currently, I still think that seventeen point eight. Seventeen point. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, nine is incredibly. Generous. I was going to say nine. Jeez, seventeen point <laughs> eight. Again, the Chiefs are used to scoring at least 30, 35 points, thirty four points. You know, a game or something like that. I, I'm I'm not sure. Last I'm, week, I'm I'm looking at the the Patriots right now, and you talk about a team that's. Looks like they found. Their, oh. I'm, I'm saying we're talk, if we're talking about just the AFC, if we're talking about, I'm not talking about the league. If we're oh, talking about I just see the where AFC, this came from. Come on, man. Come on, man. Like, oh. that's, see, that's the bad thing about being a Pats fan. Everybody <laughs> thinks there's another, you know, uh, oh. another agenda. Guess what? This time you're right. 
The Patriots <laughs> are, the, at this point, I think they are the most com- complete team. They keep tripping up on on games that they shouldn't lose. You lose to the Lions? Really? You lose to the to the, to the Jaguars? You can't figure it out. Mind you, at the beginning of the season, blown the up Jaguars, the yeah. You know, and then you get blown up by the by the Titans? Like, word? Like, you lose the teams, it's like everybody, it should be Patriots win by by seven. Like, and for whatever reason, they keep tripping up on all these teams that they shouldn't. But I don't know. I'm 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 looking at the rest of the schedule and how it's supposed to end. And man, the Pats play the Jets, the Bills, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Steelers. Probably four four wins. They play the Bills back to back weeks. They play uh, they, no. They play the Bills uh, in two weeks. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Um. I. I kind of feel like the Patriots are almost exactly the same as the Chiefs. Iffy defense, good offense. They use a ton of different players. They're very similar teams. I just think the Chiefs are more explosive still. I don't think losing Kareem Hunt hurts the explosiveness of that team. That's all I'm all I'm saying. I I I feel like honestly watching the Patriots this year, I feel like they they kind of seem old they this are. year. Like so so it, with that respect, it just seems I I kind of agree also with Mike in the in the fact that I think that they are kind of like the Chiefs, except less explosive. Um, less you young. know, I honestly, I'd rather probably right now have Houston over both of those guys, the way that Houston's playing. You have ball control on the ground. You have a quarterback who's playing very well. Your defense in all phases playing well. Special teams is good. I, right now, that's probably the team under the radar that could very well be the best in the AFC. Remember, I said beginning of season, Houston's one of those teams they could very well go to the Super Bowl. They're sneaky good. They got a good quarterback. They got a good run too, game. Yeah. They have a pretty good defense, especially when J.J. Watt is healthy. Like, hey, man. And I thought I was really wrong based on how they played early on. How the, how the, how the year started. They, but nine they, wins in a row now? They've turned it around. How many times have you complained about Deshaun Watson during the fantasy season? You know, segment? honestly, I haven't had to start him much. You know, uh, Andrew Luck has been – no, seriously. Oh. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Luck has been uh, really, really good for Humble me this year. Break. I'm just saying, no. I got Jared Goff on the bench too, who's has who's been doing what on earth doing is dirt. your fantasy league? Well, all quarterbacks you, apparently. All my quarterbacks are the best players. Everybody else on the team is, is awful hurt. right now. Quarterbacks it's, do not make a fantasy roster. They really don't. But I got these quarterbacks late, and it's worked out for me. At least I've got some, you know, got some wiggle room there. That's guess, the only place. I mean, Houston has the best defense of those three teams. If you want to compare them all, yeah. And I still think, uh, despite the fact that the Steelers are. Very strange this year. They've lost two in a row that they should not have lost. Ben Roethlisberger against Denver, that pick was atrocious in the end zone. And then they lost to the Chargers, too. But I'll include the Steelers in this just for just for fun. And I think the Texans have the best defense of all four of those teams. So if their offense can continue to do what it's been doing and keep up with the Chiefs and Patriots and, frankly, the Steelers' offense, then, yeah, the Texans certainly still have a chance. I think you got to give them a chance in the AFC because in the NFC, it's the Rams and the Saints and everybody else. And I kind of feel like we all have accepted that fact. And if there's a way that they can play each other in the NFC title game, that'll be glorious. But in the AFC, there's still plenty of questions. I still think this Chiefs number one, Patriots number two. But, yeah, Texans could certainly sneak their way in there too. I, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with the Texans, you know, sneaking in there. I think they're a really good team. Um, I think they're really well coached. And I just, I mean – Texans are, like you said, one of those sneaky teams that 
beginning of the season, we all kind of were like, we scoffed at it and said, yeah, well, second-year quarterbacks, and this is typically how it happens. I think there's so much that you can scoff about it. You're like, okay, J.J. Watt coming back from a major injury. No, he looks like the old J.J. Watt. I don't think any of us thought that he could get back to this level. I thought that we thought he could be good, but he once again is playing at the Aaron Donald best in the NFL defensively level. Um, it, you you look at the running back, you're like, man, Lamar Miller has sucked since he came from Miami. All of a sudden, these are on three straight weeks where you're like, okay, Lamar Miller looks like Miami Lamar Miller. You know, you got Deonta Foreman coming back. Uh, if Kiki Kuti could ever stay healthy, you know, that receiving core doesn't look too bad. Deshaun Watson proving that he can do more with less. And then the tight ends, even though there's really no tight ends, it just seems every week he makes one of them work. So it's just... It like it's in, especially in the AFC, it's totally doable because all these yeah. teams in the AFC have problems, holes, flaws. That it, they do. That they do. All right, we got a break. Coming up next hour, we've got Hater to Love It at nine fifteen. We've got the Fantasy Scramble at nine thirty. But next, maybe this will become a regular thing. Maybe just every once in a while. Got some NFL trivia for Rashad and Jesse. See if you guys can get any of these answers. Plus, for it's just Jesse. a fun way to look at stats once again. All right, that's next. Football Sunday on the fan.